Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. of the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. This is a very special episode on a number of different fronts. First and foremost, because we have the glorious return of Scott Schulte. <laughs> Round of applause, Scott. Good to have you Thank back. You. It's, it's been too long. Uh, I know we've, we've, I don't know if you've been listening to the show or not, but we've been teasing your return for really a couple months now. <laughs> uh, seriously, I'm, I'm being serious. We have. Uh, so I, I'm very excited to have you back. And before I ask how you are doing, I thought this was kind of cool. I, t- I told you about this before we took the air. I found out that today was basically the kind of the birthday of the show, the three-year birthday of the show. Started in training camp uh, right before training camp 2016, and here we are three years later, and you're still with us. God bless you for it. Uh, how are things, my friend? Uh, catch us up. What's what's new? Things are, Yeah. Things are pretty good. I uh, it's interesting because I took a year off pretty much this this week, this month, last year. So I'm kind of following the medieval crop rotation, I guess. Two years on, one year off. So there you go. Kind of what I'm doing with the show, but um, yeah, things have been good. Family's been good. Um, been doing vacations. I think I mentioned right before we left off a year ago that my son is in trains. So pretty much every vacation the last two years has been train focused. Hence the. Um, the cool no one knows what chessy is i was a train company it no longer exists okay um but yeah so he's been very influential in getting me into trains but i guess from what i hear uh, outside of train circles it's um football's around the corner so uh, and i assume we're talking about football and not trains so i will try to change gears if i can <laughs> Aha, change gears i like <laughs> it uh well, we are talking about football. I wish we were sitting here talking about trains. I know nothing of, <laughs> of trains, unfortunately. But um, it's great to have you back, man. Uh, I hope, like, I, like I've been saying, I hope this is at least somewhat regular. And if you are able to ever join us on, uh, especially now the training camp is, is warming up and the season is around the corner, if you ever want to join us on, on our weekly show or anything else like that, you are more than welcome. Well, I'll, keep in, I'll keep in contact with you. And, um, yeah, it's, it's great to have you back. 
we're gonna we're gonna center at least for now. We're gonna center this primarily about fantasy football. I think we're gonna go kind of macro talk about fantasy football strategies. Maybe hone in on the Bengals front. Um, uh, as, and and we can uh, when we get to the Bengals, I, I would like to get a tiny bit of your ideas of uh, you know all the changes that have gone on with the with the Bengals in terms of coaching and get your get your kind of take on that. But Let's kind of start, you know, you you are the resident fantasy football guy. There are a lot of fantasy football players who watch this show, who tune into this show. And, um, you know, I think over the past couple of years, we've had people take your advice. So we wanted to start with that. Did you did you win your league last year? I, yeah. I, hope, I hope you say yes as we kick this off. <laughs> I'm not as much as the expert as I used to be because I lost in my championship game last year. So okay. I'm now down below 50%. I'm now down to is it 48, 40 some 48%, I think, of the leagues I've been in where I've won the title. So I'm now down below 50%. Uh-oh. So uh, not as good as I was last year. I think heading into last year, I was at 50% of the ones I'd won. I lost the championship game in my main league last year, so now I'm down below 50%. So if that Uh-oh. if I lose credibility from that, then yeah, that, that happens. Well, it's that's okay. Uh, you know, it happens to the best of us, but I, where I kind of wanted to start with that is, you know, what were some of the strategies you used last year? And do you think that some of that will translate? Is that, are those still strategies you can use this year? You think to be successful, either all of them, some of them, what's kind of your take on, on both of that, both of those areas? Yeah. I mean, obviously everyone has their own strategy and some work better than others and some you know work more some years than other years the i guess the two or three main things i'd say i would do one because i harped on this a lot last year and i'm going to i guess start off the show with that this year is never draft the defense high and i would you can go back to the videos a year as i don't say tapes but we're beyond tapes uh, <laughs> a year ago and i was trying to say, you know, don't draft Jacksonville. They had a whole bunch of defensive touchdowns. That stuff's not repeatable. You look at defensive from year to year. And so that was one strategy was obviously don't draft the defense high. That's a very high turnover position. And that proved to be this year. I mean, Jacksonville was horrible. Um, I think you saw a lot of new teams because it's all defensive touchdowns. The other thing is you can wait on quarterbacks. Um, I did. I got very lucky. Wait, I drafted luck kind of late and that worked out pretty well. And you look at the top six, you know, scoring quarterbacks this past year in fantasy, it's guys like Mahomes, Roethlisberger, Matt Ryan, Andrew Luck, Watson, guys who weren't drafted that high. You know, those weren't the first six quarterbacks taken. Um, and so that too, you know, you can wait and you do it smart. You're going to get um, your guy. And the third thing is, you know, if you have a plan or a strategy, and, and I tend to have one, it's that I, you know, have followed for many years that I've developed and, you know, you know, and the main thing is staying true to it. It's basically a dra- drafting the best guy available. I'm not a big fan of like, oh, I have to take, you know, running back, running back, quarterback, or, you know, running back, you know, whatever. Some feel like go by position. And that's kind of drafting by need, I guess, equating it to the NFL draft. And it's like, well, no, if you, you know, you kind of have to look at how many points you're projecting these guys to get. And you're trying to optimize your, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who you have. You're trying to get the most points at the end of the year. And you just need to, okay, for where you're picking at whatever number, you know, the, these, this combination of guys is going to give you the most points. That's kind of what you have to do. If it's a stealer, then okay, that sucks, but 
it's just, you know, it's a steal. If it's a second receiver before you're, you know, second running back, then okay. That's, you know, you just, so that's part of it too, is, you know, get trying to get past that human element and just looking at it as a numbers thing. Uh, because you know, if you're playing for money and <laughs> generally, so if you're playing for money, you want to win the money and you have to kind of follow the numbers and not, I mean, it's kind of fun to say, hey, I got my guy or I got three Bengals or I got whatever. And, yeah, it's nice if you want to be able to, like, you know, watch and root for certain players. But if you're trying to win that money, it's, um, yeah, it's kind of like stocks or anything else. You're trying to maximize your, you know, your chances and your profitability. To further the point I made earlier about not feeling bad about your championship, in the live YouTube chat, we have Buckeye underscore 76 say, I missed the playoffs by point one points. <laughs> Would have gotten second had I gotten in. Lost out for dead last. Wow, that is uh, man. And he's a and he's a Bengals guy. That's he man. You may want to th- you may want to rethink the the football. Well, he's a Buckeye guy, I guess. So I mean, at least he's a little. I had on that front. And Walter, I one and I still remember this. It's amazing the kind of crap you remember. Um, well, can I say the stuff you remember? Um, you can edit that out later. Ah, uh, crap's um, fine. <laughs> And this is like a decade ago. I lost out in the championship game because of Michael Pittman. There was oh, one game, middle of the wow. season. He was a backup running back, I think, for the Buccaneers at the time. The guy I was playing against had a horrible team. He had to start him because he had no good players. The starter for the Buccaneers got hurt. Pittman went in, went wild, had like two or three touchdowns, 150 total yards. That guy beat me by like a point. Oh. You know, like, and I had a crappy game, so I lost like 80 to 79 or something. Ended up first in the league in points, but fifth by record because of that game. Missed the playoffs. The oh. next you know, few weeks, my team was scoring hundred. You know, would have easily won the whole thing oh. instead of finishing fifth place and got nothing. Oh. So, I know exactly what. <laughs> oh, terrible. Well, kind of moving on to another another facet here. I mean, there's been a lot of movement around the league, especially from stars. And usually, when a when a player moves teams it's it's not just that player's production that's potentially affected when it comes especially when it comes to fantasy football but it's also you know if it's a receiving option it also affects the quarterback potentially so i mean there's kind of one there's two i guess that i was mostly looking at for years tom brady has been a point machine um and he's done it without a lot of wide receiver weapons but he has lost the a guy that has put up a ton of touchdowns over the years for him in rob gronkowski who retired um so how do you see that relationship working and then of course uh this being a Bengals podcast and the, the national headlines that were grabbed this week uh as the browns open training camp how do you see the OBJ Baker Mayfield uh, relationship potentially working out? Do you think that they're going to explode through the roof in terms of stats and fantasy points, or is that is Brady going to be able to cope without Gronk at a high level? What, what's kind of your read on those relationships? I'm going to say, and granted, uh, anyone watching for fantasy, I'm going to say, you know, we're in the end of July. Uh, take everything with a grain of salt until about the final week of training camp from anyone, even the paid people. I mean, everything they say is only as good as that week. So as training camp and things happen, uh, it's definitely beneficial to reevaluate. So based on where we're at at this point in the schedule, uh, as camps are just opening up, I really don't think the Gronk, I mean, obviously the Gronk thing is going to hurt Gronk's stats. I mean, his numbers are going to be way down this year. Uh, Uh, Yeah, yeah. You think? (laughs) 
but they were down last year too. I mean, he was hurt quite a bit and he's, I mean, he's, you know, one of these guys that's kind of like uh, a healthier version of Eifert, but great when he's on the field. But last few years, he hasn't been on as much. Last year was down a bit. And Brady was still Brady, even with Gronk missing quite a bit. And that seems to be the thing with the Patriots that I think is so aggravating to fantasy players is they reinvent themselves pretty much every single week where this week, you know, it's the Rex Burkhead week. The next week is the Sonny Michelle week. The next week, we're just going to throw it to, you know, whoever we want to throw it to, we're going to, you know, our fourth receiver is going to get 15 passes his way. They just do that. And I think they're still going to do that. They still have the versatile running backs. They still have the, you know, they don't have that stud, you know, Randy Moss wide receiver that's going to get 18 touchdowns, but they're going to have those guys who they can plug and play. They can tweak their offense to look different. And I think at the end of the day, you know, Brady's still going to produce their offense is still going to produce. I mean, last year they're, you know, early in the season, everyone's saying, oh, their offensive line is injured. They have no one to play offensive line. They, you know, they're going to be horrible. Gronk's getting hurt. And they still win the Super Bowl. So clearly, they, the, the Patriots are going to Patriot. And Brady, I mean, he's going to get his numbers. So that one I don't see being as much of a downer on his numbers or even on their whole offense um, as others might. Um, the Odell Beckham thing's very interesting because if you look at it, he's actually, I mean, he's going to a better situation. I mean, the Browns, I think, have a better line than the Giants have. You know, um, Manning's an older quarterback. He's cutting to get near the end of his career. Baker Mayfield had a, you know, very nice rookie year last year. There's all the high pay. You know, got this great offense. I've got these, you know, uh, good running backs, you know, with the uh, cream hunt and then the younger players. And they, uh, you know, they have a nice young core. I think, so that bodes well. The one thing I see that, I mean, if I was betting, if I was looking at the numbers, and which I haven't yet, I'd say he probably doesn't produce as high, only because I think what he has around him with guys like Landry and Njoku are better than what he had with Shepard and Ingram. So I don't think he's going to be the sole guy. Hey, it's offense. You know, everything goes to him. We don't have a running game. We don't have a second option. It's just, you know, you chuck the ball to Adele Beckham, you chuck it to Adele Beckham. Now you have options. Now you have a quarterback that can run. So you're going to probably lose a couple of touchdowns. He's, he's just going to run it in. Or, you know, you have Chubb there. You have Kareem Hunt. You have, uh, you know, a better tight end. You have a better second receiver. So I think he's still going to produce. He's still going to be a great player. He's going to get good numbers. I just don't think he's going to have enough opportunities to, you know, be that, you know, number one or number two. He's still going to be a you know, one of the top probably 10 or 12 receivers, but probably not as high just because um, he's, I mean, he's going into a bigger pond, I guess you could say. You know, he's, he's going to be surrounded by more people who are better players, better caliber players that are going to also be able to produce. And the Browns are going to – and if you know, the Browns do the right thing and try to spread it out, which is good for their team, it kind of makes you want – okay, so halfway through the year, let's say Odell Beckham's looking at his numbers and saying, hey, wait a second, why am I not – you know, first in the team in all his categories, does he get upset and does that lead to some strife? And then does he – get a little cranky and, um, you know, become more of a diva. And then does, and grin, that's all, you know, hypothetical, but so to yeah. answer your question, I'd say Brady's still gonna be Brady. Um, Beckham's going to be Beckham, but I don't think he's going to be the Beckham to the level people expect. And just, just because I think they have, uh, enough options that if a team, you know, if they play the Bengals, the Bengals like saying, we're going to take him out. They don't have to force feed him. They you know, can throw to Jarvis Landry. They can run. I mean, they have these other options. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Carl Eskins in the live YouTube chat says, I think the Browns are going to be a huge drama like the Steelers were last year. I think that's definitely the hope 
uh, when it comes to a Bengals perspective, that's for sure. And speaking of a Bengals perspective, uh, I want to get your read on that before we do. I just want to remind everybody we're speaking with Scott Schultz, uh, longtime contributor to this show. It's great to have him back. He's talking a little fantasy football with us. This is the time of year, aside from training camp starting, that people and leagues are starting to kind of gear up and, you know, people are starting to get their strategies for fantasy football and hopefully make some money. Hopefully Scott and his sage advice will help you to do that. We'll be talking with him throughout the season for fantasy football advice and and some other Bengals topics as well. Uh, You can get this show in case you're new to it. You can get this show on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play, on Spotify. You can get it on the Megaphone platform. On It's also on YouTube, and all of our stuff is on CincyJungle.com. So uh, we thank Scott for, for coming on the show here. Let's talk a little Bengals before we get out of here, especially from a fantasy football perspective. There was a question um, in the live YouTube chat that we'll get to in a second. Well, I, I guess it kind of ties into what we're going to talk about because really – there's, there's the trio of, of skill position players, and then there's Andy Dalton that you want to look at from a fantasy football perspective. And you look at all of it because of Zach Taylor and his supposed bringing in of the Rams type of offense. Um, it was Dave Lennox in the live YouTube chat who says, is Joe, Mixable, Joe Mixon a viable RB1? Um Last year, he kind of proved that, especially with a lot of weapons out, and he he kind of being the focal point towards the end of the season. Um, your thoughts on him being an RB1, your thoughts on really those other guys, A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, Andy Dalton, and their point values uh, going forward. Uh, Boyd being especially intriguing now that he's coming off that big contract extension he just signed. Yeah, yeah man, I, I really, really – I mean, as far as talent, Joe Mixon is clearly – an RB one. I mean, I, I think we've seen enough. I mean, if you go back and watch his days, at Oklahoma, you watch, you know, the stuff he does to get the, even the, the two yard carries, the amount of work and the amount of people he yeah. makes miss just, you know, turn a three yard loss into a one yard gain. I mean, he is a very talented football player, you know, catching the ball, running the ball. As far as, you know, talent goes, he's, I'd say he's definitely an RB one. If you look at if now, if we would have had this podcast two you know, two, three weeks ago, when, we had a uh, Jonah Williams at left tackle, um, presumably Cordy Glenn at left guard, um, bowling, probably maybe at right guard or somewhere. Um, you know, at, you have a improved offensive line at that point from what you had last year. And if um, Taylor can make the offense any better and get out of the kind of this vanilla predictable thing they've been doing for the last few years, then Williams is a very viable pick as an RB1 because he's got the talent. He's got the improved offense in theory. He has an improved line. Now we're looking at, you know, Jonah Williams is out for the season. Bowling, obviously just retired. Um, you know, this line's arguably worse than it was last year because Glenn, you know, he, he, he will get hurt at some point. They don't have bowling to slide over at left tackle when he gets hurt. You now have to plug Westerman. I got Andre Smith now. <laughs> Uh, and I, you know, I know a lot of fans are big on Westerman, and if he's good, okay, if he becomes league average, you, you basically just replace Bowling, so you're not really gaining anything there. You're you're down depth. You have to hope that Price goes from you know horrible to just below average, or maybe even average or good. So there's a, you know it's one of these things where if you're an optimist, and you could argue well, if you've been a, you know someone's been a Bengals fan since the '90s, you have to be an optimist, I guess. So if if you're truly optimistic and 
you know, you're going to bet, you know, red on roulette 10 times in a row and get it. Okay. Then you can hope and this line's going to be at least serviceable. And I think that's the biggest challenge with Nixon is you have to hope and pray that they, they figure something out on the offensive line. And I think we'll probably see that in the, in the preseason games, probably in that third, a little bit in the second, mostly in that third game. Can these new coaches who are all, you know, very new to everything they're doing and new to this team, can they do enough to get, because I think Mixon's clearly going to get the touches. The The question is, you know, are these touches, you know, the kind of touches that Lamar Jackson gets in Houston where it's two yards of carry and okay, you're getting 250 touches and not doing anything with it. Or are they going to be, you know, the, um, the touches from someone who's going to be able to turn these into five yard gains and, uh, you know, crank out, you know, 10, 12 touchdowns and get 400 receiving yards and a few. So I think that's the big question. I'd, I really want him to be an RB1. And I think if you, I don't know, I'd, I have a hard time saying for sure he is um, just because I'm so worried about the offensive line as much as I don't want to be. And then I'll, I'll mention the air to you real quick. I'll turn it back over to you on the receivers. I mean, AJ Green's AJ Green. He's a stud. He should be in the Hall of Fame when he's done. He is uh, still a very elite player. He does have injured. He does get hurt, but he's still a great player. I think he's at the end of the day, he's going to be a good receiver. Obviously, we're drafting uh, you know higher up in the first few rounds. Boyd, uh, he's obviously very good. And I, I went back and looked, so I was kind of curious. Well, okay, well, Green missed a bunch of games. So is Boyd's production just because Green was out? And what you see is Boyd produced when Green was in, and he's kept producing when Green was out. Ross was the one who was kind of the big person that sucked up all the production when Green was out. So um, I think Boyd's going to be good. I think Boyd's going to be worth it. I think Green's going to be worth it. I really want to say Mixon's going to be. I mean, I, I love watching him play. I just don't want to – say that and then just see him you know get one of these you know 20 carry 30 yard it, you know we're old enough to remember the 90s when um these guys were struggling for every yard they got and i just have this horrible feeling in the back of having lived through that that this may i mean i sure hope it doesn't but yeah i'm not really optimistic until i see what they start doing in training camp uh to kind of wrap it up a little bit what about uh, there's there was a question in the live YouTube chat, kind of talking about uh, was Master MG saying, "I'm curious how much Zach Taylor can help Dalton." What do you think? Of, I mean, Dalton to me, uh, you know, when I play fantasy football, usually I'm like, "Hey, you know, I've kind of filled out my roster, last one or two picks." Usually he's he's there, and I'm like, "Hey, I'll take him." And I've used him before, and he's actually put up quite, you know, depending on the year, he's put up a, a decent amount of points. He's been a good spot starter. Um, this is a big year for him in his career and where it's going to go after 2019. But do you see the Zach Taylor effect um, really kind of sprinkling the magic dust on, on Andy Dalton this year and being a viable fantasy quarterback, or is it the same kind of strategy, free agent guy, spot starter? That's who he is at this point. I think, and this is just my opinion. I think if Zach Taylor has the, you know, the magic potion for quarterbacks, this is probably not the year we're going to see that. And only because, you know, Dalton, historically, we've, you know, we've seen enough of him. You have a good idea who he is. He um, tends to struggle when there's pressure. And this offensive line is definitely not a great offensive line by any stretch of the imagination. So I think there's going to be a lot of running away, a lot of sacks, a lot of injury potential, just like last year, and a lot of, um, you know, throw the ball away. So, 
I, I just don't think he's going to have the the opportunity. You look at you know the Rams last year. Okay, you know Jared Goff. He had a great year, but look, he's behind a very good offensive line. I mean, the Rams are really smart. They really went after last year. They put a lot of money and a lot of draft picks in trades and in signing to try to build a team for last year, and that worked. You know, really well. Got him all the way to the Super Bowl. Um, I just you know if next year, let's say Williams is back, you know, Jonah Williams and let's say price takes a step forward and let's say they you know can fix some things in the offensive line. Let's say they actually add someone in free agency um, above league minimum, you know, one of those, and let's say, you know, they kind of do what the Rams did, you know, when um, you go back a couple years ago, what the first thing the Rams did was um, added a center and added a left tackle and all, you know, all the rest was history. They, you know, all of a sudden they went from, there are things that did too, like, um, you know, Sue and Zero, but, that's what you need to see. And I think the Bengals tried to do that. I mean, they added Jonah Williams that, you know, they, they took a lineman last year in the first round, unfortunately. Yeah. With the injuries and everything, I just don't think this is going to be the year to see that turnaround. So if you're drafting Dalton, I'd say kind of what you said, more of a free agency, he'll probably be available as a waiver pickup or a, you know, add drop. Um, Unless you want to be that eternal optimist and say, screw it. I don't care about the line. This guy's is going to be so good. You know he's um, he's going to become Aaron Rodgers and can play behind the worst offensive line in football and still you know throw forty touchdowns and five interceptions. So what are you looking forward to the most in Bengals training camp? Um, what are you looking forward, forward to seeing in terms of position battle or anything like that? I guess the biggest thing I'd be um, curious about is because I, I think our defense is better than they looked last year. And I really want to see, you know, kind of the offensive line and defensive line and going head to head. You know, you've got guys like um, Glasgow's back. I think, you know, Billings is in another year. He was drafted really young. I've always been high on him. I think, you know, he's had another year to kind of progress and learn. You know, Sam Hubbard was good. Um, they still have Willis's depth, Geno Atkins and Dunlap. So you have these really, these really good core defensive guys. And you have this offensive line who I just spent the last 20 minutes talking. <laughs> um <laughs> And so I guess the question is, you know, when these two units go head to head, that's, you know, that'd be the biggest thing is, you know, do you do all the reports from training camp basically say, you know, the defense won the day, the defense won the day, you know, the quarterbacks are throwing picks, the quarterbacks when it's time to throw, or do you see, you know, wow, you know, they're actually figuring things out. Maybe Westerman, you know, uh, is good, or maybe um, as, you know, as good as the fans have said he is, maybe Bobby Hart was worth the signing. Maybe, um these guys I brought in from Buffalo or, you know, maybe they, maybe Billy price isn't that horrible. Maybe he just, it was the peck injury. And, and so I think for, for me, that's the biggest thing. Cause we know the skill players are all good. We know Dalton is who he is. Uh, you know, they, we still know they have no linebackers other than um, the guy that Pratt who they drafted. So I think the biggest thing for me is, you know, can this off, can this offensive line stand up? And I think they're, you know, the Bengals front seven, I think is a good test to see, yeah, can this line stand up? Are they going to give Mixon, you know, a place to run the ball? And are they going to give Dalton more than you know two seconds? Or is it going to be last year where, you know, he's so banged up we're bringing in Driscoll or Finley or whoever they decide to bring in after that? Yeah. Well, good stuff, Scott. Appreciate you joining us. Let's make this a regular thing, maybe a couple times a month or so, especially as fantasy football season gets started. Appreciate your insight for those joining us live or for those of you joining us 
uh, after the fact. If you are new to the show, you can get it, as always, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Spotify, on Google Play. You can get it on the Megaphone platform as well as on YouTube and CincyJungle.com. Scott, uh, training camp's upon us, my friend. And like I said, it was uh, it was the perfect day for you to join us on the, the show's third birthday. Um, that, I think the biggest thing that I just want to make sure I say before we end this segment is you mentioned the third year, the third birthday. Um, I think a big, you know, round of applause or congratulations or you know, all the people on the cyber, you know, in the cyber world, if you can clap your laptop or whatever for Anthony Cazenza, because you've been with us for three years, you know, every week you've been cranking these out, you've been setting them up, you've been getting guests, you've been, you know, getting people like me to show back up, you've been you know, dealing with all the different people we've had, the different um, co-hosts and everything, so you've done a great job running it, um, so yeah, I think you deserve a lot of uh, credit and congratulations for everything you've been doing for it. Oh, thanks, bud. Uh, it's a labor of love. It's a labor of love, you know, and uh, what's kind of cool is, uh, yeah, I mean, you mentioned guests and all that stuff. We had like Tyler. What, what, what's really cool is when you see Tyler Boyd get a contract, and then a few months earlier we had him on the show uh, interviewing him and stuff. I interviewed him twice, which was really cool. And at the time he had said, we, we talked about this with John on the on the weekly show, but he had said at the time uh, he really wants to stay in Cincinnati, and lo and behold, he does. Um, I don't know. That, that kind of stuff's cool. But I appreciate the compliments. Uh, you are always welcome on this show. I'm glad you were able to make it back. Let's do do more of these. And like I said, any good. any any other additional uh, contributions you want to make to the show, man, it's, it's always welcome. But uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks for those of you who – tuned in live and if you next time we do this with scott if you have more questions we answered a couple of them here if you have more questions for uh fantasy football focused or otherwise as we take uh as we take these questions definitely shoot them our way and we will uh we will do our best to address them we'll see you next time this has been the fantasy football insider on the orange and black insider with scott schultz i'm anthony kazanza we'll see you next time Ooh.